spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the 84th Annual Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory bullshit. My name is Cody. I'm joined by my pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not doing too bad. Uh, It was 40 degrees today, so it is a heat wave in Minnesota (laughs) on Halloween, by the way. Happy Halloween. Yeah, we are recording on Halloween a little bit early uh, because we're going to do this on Election Day. So this will be the Election Day special. Do you predict, since we are now, what, three days out, do you predict that is going to be a wild day in America? I don't think that's going to be the wild day. I think that the next month is going to be the wild time. I really I really don't think that it's going to be decided that night. I, I have no idea. Anyone listening to this after Election Day, uh, listening back to it, will know for sure. But we have no idea right now. But no, Election Day... Just like in 2000, I don't think election day is going to be wild at all. Well, I mean, I I hate sounding like this because I don't want anybody to be scared. But I've heard, uh, you know, a lot of stores are preparing to board up their windows and stuff like on election day in case people start rioting and whatever. So hopefully that does not happen. Obviously, we don't want any of that craziness going on, but you never know. Definitely. Yeah, it's I mean, we all have heard stories. We've all heard the warnings of like what might come, what will happen, people wanting to contest the election, people on both sides really contesting the election, uh, no matter which way it goes. So, well, the uh, you've heard about these. uh, What the hell are they called? Bungalow boys, bungalow boys. Yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, apparently there's a rumor that they're going to come into the quote unquote liberal states and try to take them over or something. I bunch of idiots, I think. Yeah, I don't know exactly what they do. They think that the police and the military are just going to step aside and let them let them do this. You know, I don't. Well, you, I imagine it's these fat fucks living in their basement, <laughs> just pounding away on their keyboards angrily. And I, they probably have fucking dollar store tactical shit and no fucking training. So are you saying that they're an army of insults? I would imagine. Yes, that's <laughs> exactly what I imagine. I am, do you remember the show The Simpsons? Do you remember the guy who owned the comic book store? Yeah. I imagine it's an army of, of that type of dude, <laughs> that guy who looks like that. You well, know. well, if we start seeing waifu pillows everywhere, we'll know uh, who's doing the attack, right? <laughs> Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to, like we said, we're doing this on election night and Phil's got a time appropriate episode for us today. So uh, Phil, go ahead, take it over. Yeah. So for today's episode, I really just wanted to do not exactly the most hotly contested 
elections necessarily kind of a mix. So just some weird kind of off the wall elections that the nation's had in the past 200 and some odd years. (laughs) So yeah, let me get started here. Every four years in the United States of America, on the first Tuesday after the first Monday of November, Americans celebrate democracy and their supposed freedom by taking part in selecting the next head of government to lead them into the unknown for the next four years. Now, due to the pandemic, which has seen most Americans who intend to vote already voting early or through the mail-in ballots, this year's election may signal a change in the level of importance that we have put on the election day itself. No longer really seen as the day to go to the polls and make your voice be heard, but simply as the day when the officials start actually counting the ballots, hopefully giving out the results in a quick and decisive manner. Yeah, I've seen the reports of like mail-in ballots and stuff. It is off the chains. Yeah, from the sounds of it, I imagine a lot of people, maybe I've heard close to half have already voted. And you and I have actually both voted early. Every Everybody I know has voted early. So Bianca's been kind of obsessed with keeping track of states and their voter voter turnout so far. Apparently, mm-hmm. Texas, I think she said, has already surpassed how many overall votes they had the last election. Oh, yeah, I, I can totally see that happening in a lot of states. You watch a lot of the news programs. I watch a lot of uh, like news clips from the Internet. Apparently, a lot of these mail-in ballots, they might be counting these for quite a while because they haven't really seen the numbers that they expect to see this year in the past. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned maybe this will be a change for the future. I'm pretty certain a lot of countries in Europe already do this, and we're just like kind of far behind. Oh, yeah. Uh, Especially when it comes to choosing who leads their people simply by like looking at the popular vote. I love when I lived in England, I used to love the way that they did it because they have the parliamentary system, which means basically... The person that you vote for is part of a party, and that goes into voting who their prime minister is. So even though there's no real voting for the top person, you're kind of voting for the top person with your guy. I kind of like how that works better because you're not – you don't exactly see the political campaign geared towards you through the – like the high – the highest office. It's more through your local guy. Well, no, no, what I meant, well, yeah, that's good too. But what I meant was the voting early or by mail or whatever, and not having it be like this big scare about voter fraud. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I get that too. Yeah, yeah. I, I swore I heard there's so many countries that do that already, and people do it all the time. It's not a big deal. But in the U.S., it's like goddamn escape from L.A. or some shit. I don't know. It's just insane. Yeah, I could definitely see us going in a direction where possibly voting online might be a thing. Once they can figure out better safeguards, of course, we've been saying that for like 20 fucking years. Well, so. we ju- they have to get it. They have to talk to Bezos because Amazon is impossible to crack. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, if <laughs> Bezos is in charge of that shit, then Bezos will become the president. <laughs> oh, God. Can you imagine when he runs finally? Gross. Yeah, he won't even have a cabinet. He'll just be running it all with his gigantic fucking brain. Him and his, it will be him and his drones everywhere. (laughs) Crushing descent. (laughs) 
However, when it comes to declaring a winner among the top vote getters, there is not always a clear cut winner and not always, but occasionally the outcome and sometimes even the manner in which the vote was tallied comes under suspicion, either officially or unofficially. Now today, we will be discussing a few standout incidences with either an election went completely the opposite way that the professionals had predicted, or possibly a landslide victory that everyone saw coming, but no one anticipated. There are, however, occasions where a conspiracy to steal the election was involved. Ooh, okay. So this is definitely timely. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't know if there's a actual conspiracy, but there is a lot of conspiracy theory out there that this election is going to get stolen. What? So. I mean, if we if we think psychologically, basically how conspiracies work, if you think about how something like this gets started, it's pretty easy. Your guy didn't win. It must be a big goddamn conspiracy, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Every time that was in the past with me, too. I mean, every time I wanted someone to win the election, but they didn't win. I immediately went to, oh, it must have been stolen from them. Uh, how could they not win? But then you have to realize in your bubble, maybe you totally expected them to win, but the country didn't really just go along with your expectation. The uh, Did you watch the Netflix documentary about voting? Which one? Because there's, there's some on Amazon that I've watched and there's some on Netflix that I've watched. I, w the one that was on Netflix was really... It really focused on gerrymandering in, like, the Electoral College. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I believe I have seen that one. I don't know if you're going to talk about any of that, but, man, anybody out there, I'd watch it. It's kind of, kind of fucking nuts. Yeah, all of the instances that I go in today, because the Electoral College is so important, a lot of people really don't think about it, but because it's so important, that's kind of the basis of most of the wins and losses that I give to these presidents, because... The thing is, even if you win the popular vote by many millions of votes, if you win, if you lose the electoral college, you still lose. Yeah. So, yeah, they need to fix it. Definitely. Especially getting rid of gerrymandering, too. That's a whole <laughs> oh. other fucking episode. But yeah, that, yeah, that's ugh. it's just fucking disgusting the yeah. way that they but whatever. So now <laughs> there are a few instances of an election being predetermined and going just the way or having nearly the exact outcome that was expected. Now, this is before any vote for either candidate was ever cast. Mm. Now, some of these instances include the 1984 election between incumbent presidential candidate Ronald Reagan, of course, best known <laughs> for breaking down the Berlin Wall with his own fists, Hell yeah. and his running mate, Vice President George H.W. Bush, and they defeated former Minnesota Senator and Jimmy Carter's Vice President Walter Mondale. Wow. Now they defeated him with 58% of the popular vote. But more importantly, they won 49 of 50 state electoral college votes. Now Mondale would only take his home state of Minnesota and Washington, D.C. He won. Jesus. That, I mean, considering the difference between popular vote. And what he won in the Electoral College, that's crazy. Yeah, exactly. 58% is quite a big victory in the popular vote. But when you break it down among state by state, it's a huge fucking victory. That's 525 electoral votes for Reagan and only 13 
for Mondale with <laughs> Minnesota being worth 10 votes and DC being worth three. Wow. Okay. Well, that, uh, that is quite a beat down. Um, it's funny you talk about this particular election because from what I understand is Reagan's first four years in office, he was exceedingly unpopular, right? He got reelected. That's when he got super popular. And then George H.W. Bush wrote his curtails into a uh, another election or into yeah. winning the election. So Reagan, he was either you either really, really liked him or you really, really fucking hated him. So no matter what Reagan did, that wasn't going to change anyone's opinion. But he did handle himself very well. A lot of the pitfalls that Jimmy Carter fell into, there was the Iran situation with the hostage crisis. He actually got the hostages the hostages back pretty much right away. The problem was Iran was waiting for Jimmy Carter to get out of office so they could give the hostages to Ronald Reagan instead of Carter. To help also, him get elected. He, no, it was after Reagan was already elected. I gotcha. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Carter actually sent a failed rescue mission. The problem is the helicopters got caught up in a sandstorm and they went down <laughs> over the desert. So Barry Satiro strikes again. Exactly. He was there with his <laughs> fucking time machine. 525 electoral college votes is actually the highest number that anyone has ever gotten prior to and since. Really? Yeah. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah, there's one more instance that I'm going to mention in a little bit that comes close, but 525 is the number. So Walter Mondale, not a lot of people remember him. You might know him from these things. He is, of course, best known for not having the Metrodome named after him. And also, he really does look like Mr. Rogers' less friendly older brother. Okay, all right. So he's a little kind of creepy and scary at the same time. I don't think I've ever even seen a picture of this guy. A quick Google, you'll see him and you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> his official picture, basically from, I think, when he was a senator, is pretty fucking hilarious. So were they considering naming the stadium after him? No, it was, it's it's the Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I, I see what you're saying. The Triple H Metrodome. Okay. I'm looking at his picture. He does kind of look like a deformed ball of Play-Doh. A little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. yeah. Wow. He He's kind of creepy looking. He's kind of got that same skin that Arnold Schwarzenegger had in the first Terminator movie <laughs> when he peel, was peeling off his face. Yeah. He's kind of got that skin. Are we, can we confirm that he is not actually a robot? He could be a reptilian or a <laughs> robot. Not confirmed. So this is actually kind of famous. There was a, a really pretty popular, the gaffe that Ronald Reagan made in the first debate made a lot of people start to think that maybe he was too old or possibly going senile. Uh, and Walter Mondale really wanted to exploit this. The problem is, in the next debate, when Ronald Reagan was asked if possibly his age was starting to catch up to him, he made the really famous statement about not exploiting his opponent's youth and inexperience, which pretty much clinched that election for him and gave him the 525 votes because he be he came off so well-liked after that. That's when Walter Mondale knew that it wasn't going to work out for him. So one dad joke propelled him into presidency. Yes, you could say it was the most effective <laughs> dad joke of all time. 
Now, FDR experienced a landslide victory also in 1936. This was after coming off the landmark New Deal legislation. He defeated Republican opponent Alf Landon by over 11 million votes, which netted him 60% of the vote. Also, more importantly even, he won 46 of 48 states. And that turned out to be 523 electoral college votes. So close to what Reagan got, just two less. Here's the thing. Have they increased the electoral college votes as the population in the states have have grown? No. So electoral, here's how it goes. Okay. So electoral college votes, every state gets two for their senators and at least one for their representative. The problem is they capped the the total number of electoral college votes like I think over a century ago, the number of electoral college votes doesn't go up or down, but the amount that each state is allotted does go up and down. Gotcha. Okay. I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. So even though there are two more states now than there were in 1936, it's the exact same amount of electoral college votes. Yeah. I feel like they got to fix that. Yeah. It's, I mean, the whole fucking thing is, rigged but it does it does it does increase the importance of small towns and small markets cities so yeah well i mean that that's technically the entire point of gerrymandering right is to you have a large city will have less say in power than a pocket of rural areas in a state so uh it's not great yeah well what they do is they make it so that they break up the populations so that even though this area should have more uh, support, they actually do these weird lines with gerrymandering to take away the power from certain pockets of civilization, certain pockets of society. Yeah, it's uh, it's sad. Yeah, definitely. So, like I said, he won the 523 electoral college votes. The only states that he actually lost were Maine and Vermont. And those states accounted for just eight electoral college votes. Wow. Okay. Well, I guess Stephen King's homeland of Maine isn't uh, doesn't have much power, huh? No, not quite. Vermont. So, I mean, is Vermont smaller than Maine? Vermont, I would say they're both like forest states, pretty much. <laughs> we actually talked about Vermont in that Bigfoot episode, yep. like a year ago, and. It is much, they called it the the area of the kingdom, and it is much more of a forest state than I thought. (laughs) I thought it was more like New Hampshire, but apparently it's much more like a rural state. Maine's the same way. Is Vermont where the Blair Witch was? I know it's up there somewhere. One of those little states. One of those little states on the East Coast we kind of forget about. Oh, one of the the tiny ones? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure, but I imagine... Because it it took place in like a big forested area, so possibly. Mm. So this election was actually thought to be much closer before the election than it actually turned out to be. Uh, The polling experts didn't really take into account FDR's uber populist support from the poor Americans. They really didn't want to count their votes. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. this did happen during the Great Depression. Yeah, so. I was going to say, FDR was right in a very turbulent time for America and obviously the world. So, yeah, he he is. Uh, that's why he stayed in there. Yeah, and I mean, basically, they were just throwing anything they could up against the wall. 
getting all the socialist reforms through. He had actually just put through like social security and some other socialist agendas through, and they were very popular with the, the poor Mm. who were really taking a hit from being in the depression for eight years. Yeah. People forget that's a socialist thing. Like, (laughs) yeah, you know what I mean? They hate socialism, but don't touch my don't touch my fucking social security. <laughs> well, I my don't, Medicare, my Medicaid. I donate it, and I have a feeling we, you, and I probably aren't gonna get to ever have social security. Oh, I'll never get a dime of my money back, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so his opponent, Alf Landon, was actually born in Middlesex, Pennsylvania, which is just outside of Pittsburgh. So at least losing this election was not the worst thing to ever happen to him. He did. He was born in, you know, that area. <sighs> Who the fuck thought it's a good idea to name your town Middlesex? I don't know. It's just like uh, <laughs> crime and sports and small town murder. They always they always talk about cities on the East Coast are always named after places in England. So I imagine it's a place in England. Okay. All right. Uh, that's weird. Or back home, wherever the fuck back home was when these, you know, Pennsylvania. It's probably the Dutch. There's a lot of Dutch in that area. <laughs> so another instance In 1820, President James Monroe was up for election. It was during a time known as the Era of Good Feelings. Uh, This was actually minus the fact that there was the Panic of 1819, which had a lot of people worrying about the future. Uh, The country, though, on the whole, was prospering, going through a bit of a growth spurt, as many of the lands that were acquired through the Louisiana Purchase were now beginning the process of settlement and entering into future talks of statehood which would lead to an era of not-so-good feelings in the next 20 years after this. Mm, okay. So are, are, is it actually called the era of good feelings in the era of not-so-good feelings? Because that'd be no, amazing. No, I, I made that last part up. It's known as uh, <laughs> the Civil War. You know, but... <laughs> you know what we call the era of not-good feelings in Minnesota? 2009, 2017, and 1998, when the Vikings... Got so close to that Super Bowl, we just couldn't get there. Oh, I remember that 2009. That's when I was living there. Oh, yeah. yeah. We could taste it. Yeah. I, I also remember when everyone took down their Viking shit, just yeah. <laughs> either sadly or ripping them down from their windows. Uh, 98 and 09 were the two most heartbreaking uh, things for Minnesota Vikings fans. Definitely. Yeah. We've had that with the Iowa Hawkeyes, but it's many more times and a lot of disappointment also. And the fact that we don't have a a fucking pro team, that's always disappointing. Right. Now, the 1820 election would go down in history, not only for the fact that the last six straight election winners were from the state of Virginia. This election would also go down in history because the fact that the presidential candidate incumbent was running unopposed from the other major party of the time, as the Federalists were not able to field a candidate for president during that year's election, as the party was seen really as being unpatriotic and possibly even treasonous for their opposition to the War of 1812. Ah, okay. That sounds oddly familiar. Yeah, they they really didn't like the fact that we had went to war at all with England or United Kingdom, whoever you want to call them. And they wanted to stay out of the war at all cost and just kind of concede to England. And after America's, it wasn't really a victory. It was more of a tie. But after the end of that war, Federalists were seen in a really shitty light. Gotcha. Now they have a ammunition 
company named after him, right? Yeah. Well, I don't really <laughs> think I here's the thing. I don't really think the people who kind of have latched on to that name actually know what they believed in or what the name Federalist actually means. I think they're more on the state's rights side of it, I would imagine. You know what always blows me away is that I don't, I don't even know if we want to put World War II into this, but basically it seemed like America all the way up until, I'm going to throw World War II in there, we wanted to stay out of other countries' wars, and we wanted to stay out of war as much as possible. And then it's like after that, it's just like a, flips or you know a switch flipped and now it's like let's get in everywhere we can oh definitely it was since the start of the american revolution or after that first war basically we decided that we had two gigantic oceans separating us from europe and separating us from asia and the the english were all over the place over there and then there was the monroe doctrine which basically told the rest of the world that the United States is in charge of the Western Hemisphere, stay out. So yeah, all the way up until World War II, it was isolation, isolation, isolation. And then it kind of started change in 1920, 19-teens with uh, Woodrow Wilson and some of his beliefs that kind of got latched onto of intervening in other people's shit and becoming the police of the world, so, which is what we are now. So, the, so you're saying America basically was like, you share a room with a sibling, you get in an argument, you draw a chalk line on the floor. You say, you don't come in this area. This is our area I'm protecting. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> it is, it's just like a, like a spoiled kid. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of like if you're on a schoolyard and deciding that there's other people fighting and you're just not going to get in the middle of it until the fight reaches you. Right. Basically. Right. So actually... Monroe running unopposed wasn't the first time that happened. George Washington actually ran unopposed twice. Uh, no one wanted to go up against him. He was actually, people were trying to float the idea to him for him to become a king and to serve as president for life. He's really the one who decided on the two-term limit. Uh, of course, FDR would have four elections and I think it was... 13 years in, almost 13 years in office. Um, right. But then after FDR, they cut it down to two. So Right. I mean, I, I think you could put an asterisk next to FDR just because of how fucking wild the world was. Oh, yeah. I mean, if... So the Depression was already over by the time he died. World War II was almost over. Had we won World War II, it would have been the same thing that happened to Winston Churchill. Eventually... This wartime, you know, this fighter that we have in office, we need to get him out and we need to bring in a peacetime dude. So I thought the reason they got rid of Churchill's because they couldn't afford any more cigars like the, <laughs> they, <laughs> the bill of the, the government spending on his cigars was getting too high. The cigars and the brandy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. They had to import them all. Killed them. Yeah. The, uh, he actually got taken out of office, but. Um, kind of ushered out unceremoniously after the after the wars. I think a few years after the wars got over. But yeah, in a post-war, post-depression era, I really don't think FDR would have been the guy that they would have reelected another time. So no. he probably would have ended it had he still lived. Now, something also I want to mention leading to really some 
not wanting to vote for Monroe again. Like I mentioned before, he was the sixth straight election winner uh, from the state of Virginia. Those presidents before him were Jefferson and Madison, who both served two terms. Also serving two terms was Washington. The only president between Washington and Jefferson was John Adams, of course, and he wasn't from Virginia. So there was a lot of sentiment to get someone else in the presidency who wasn't from Virginia. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, there wasn't how many, I guess, it was still territories at that point, right? Or was it states? No, it was no, states. They, they were states, yeah. Okay. It was It was more, when it first started, it was a confederacy, so the states had a lot more power, but it gradually moved into more federal power. I mean, I'm assuming they're all from Virginia because of uh, D.C., right? Yeah, and it was the idea of big states over little states. Back then, gotcha. Virginia was seen as the big state. <laughs> now look at it. Yeah, very, very much <laughs> falling out of grace. So, so uh, speaking of the Federalists, now because of the party's massive loss in popularity, the 1816 candidate for president, Rufus King Hell yeah. from New York. Awesome name. Love it. He gets laid. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. Oh, yeah. Rufus polls. Definitely. He lost that year's election by a wide margin, only picking up 34 electoral votes to Monroe's 183. Now, losing the election of 1816 by a very, very wide margin. Mm. With most party members retreating from the Federalist ranks and the massive popularity for Monroe, the Federalists didn't even bother fielding an opponent for Monroe, and he would win all but one electoral votes in 1820. Now, there was one dissenting vote. Uh, these people are called faithless electors. They'll come up one more time in this. <laughs> and that came from Governor William Plummer of New Hampshire. And that was for Secretary of State and future President John Quincy Adams. Well, apparently, Will William Plummer knew something about the future, I guess, right? Oh, yeah. He actually was a uh, Federalist. So that's kind of the reason why. It is funny because he voted for a Democrat, even though he was a Federalist. So <laughs> the party really was splitting up at that time. People who used to consider themselves Federalists didn't really consider themselves anything at all, like possibly just independent. You know what I find is amazing? I don't, I don't know if you have this in Arizona, but in Minnesota, you know, I, imagine before you had the Whig, the Federalists, whatever. Now we have the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, and in Minnesota, we have the legalized marijuana marijuana now party. Wow. Did you guys have it on your ballot this year? Not for not for legal, legalizing weed, but that's the name of their party. It's all over the Minnesota ballot. Okay. Yeah, we had uh, we had the question on our ballot this year. The yes or no. I thought they already tried to pass it once. They did. It failed. But now the Mormons are trying to get into the legalized weed business. So once they flip their votes, then it's probably be going to become legalized. We just got to get the Mormon stone, man. We can get weed. In Minnesota. Yeah. Actually, there's not that many Mormons here. But once they realized they could make money off of it, then they were on board and they vote as a block. So I just it's so stupid. Just legalize it across the nation. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I'm just uh, an enjoyer of drinking. So yeah, I mean, I me too. But it's like I don't really give a fuck if people want to smoke weed. They do. They're doing it anyway. Yeah, it's just to make money for the prison systems anyway. True, is make keeping it illegal. True. So the Federalist Party would actually disband in 1824. Four years later, 
the Whig Party would eventually form a decade later in opposition to the Democratic Party. However, the Whig Party is not considered a direct descendant of the Federalist Party. So they're completely different parties, even though they both kind of have the same real like feel to them. It's just in opposition to the Democratic Party, who pretty much didn't have a, an opposite party until maybe the, I think it's the 1840s or 1850s. Okay. Okay. Now, these instances are outliers, though. Normally, elections are much more competitive, with some elections seeing the experts getting the projected outcome completely wrong. Now, obviously, in recent memory, the 2016 election saw a foreshadowed huge landslide victory for former Senator and Secretary Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump. Nearly all of the polls and posters agreed. Now, however, a lack of focus on what were considered the gimme states of Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, coupled with severe likability issues with Secretary Clinton, led to an upset Electoral College victory win. He pulled 304 Electoral College votes to Clinton's 227. Despite losing the popular vote, he would garner 62.98 million, while Hillary Clinton would get 65.85 million for the Democratic ticket. Wow, that uh, something seems a little crooked there. Yeah, well, I mean, if you look at those numbers, it's super high, but it was considered a down year for elections, considering the upward trend that was seen during the 2008 and 2012 well, elections. Well, I, I can tell you one thing. The Dra- Democratic Party learned two important lessons from the last 10 years. Number one, never yell, yeah, on a, on a ch- ticket, okay? That's going to ruin you. And number two, never make a Pokemon Go joke. You're done if you make a Pokemon Go joke. Because this is what happened to Hillary Clinton. She made that terrible joke. And it was over. Oh, oh God. I remember that. That was so great. I hope, you know how I love history. I hope that that makes it into the history books, just like all of the other things that we're talking about, like with the, with these politicians on stage, making these either great statements or these gaffes. I hope Pokemon go to the poll is just as big as the fucking, the, what is it? John Edwards. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love John Edwards. You know, honestly, like, from what I've seen of him afterwards, he would have actually been a great president, probably. But uh, yeah, that one thing just kind of, I don't know why people are that scared him, but whatever. Yeah, he just looked fucking unhinged. It was great. And the problem is, it, honestly, if it would have happened now, the news cycle would have rolled over it in six hours. Right. But since it happened back at the advent of really big internet news, 24-hour cable news, like the height of this is a new thing and it's awesome. They rolled that shit for fucking weeks. Yeah. And it just killed them. Yeah, sadly. Um, So the Al Gore, George W. Bush was about, it was somewhere around the same one, right? Like as far as how close, because Al Gore obviously won the popular vote. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. I didn't know if you were going to talk about that one as well, but I'm not. I was going to put that was going to be the so okay. So that was going to be the main thing for this, but I realized that there was so much to talk about. This episode would be two and a half hours long. <laughs> so I'm going to probably do that one 
like way, way down the line after this election. And that'll be like a, a standalone okay. by itself. All right. We won't get too saucy in there then. Yeah, because it's just there's just too much to talk about. It was pretty much decided by the Supreme Court and the hanging chads and all that crap. So yeah. Now, of the major polls taken, most had Hillary Clinton taking the electoral count by as much as 320 electoral college votes, with some even having her winning before the supposed battleground states were won by either candidate. Now, there were, however, a small amount of polls taken that consistently showed the election to be much closer than previously thought possible. However, these polls were disregarded as foolish, wishful thinking of people who basically just wanted to deceive the American public in favor of a Donald Trump victory. Mm. Now, many different theories have been floated to how the pollsters, and the, by that I mean the main pollsters, could have gotten this so, so wrong. And they include media bias, polling bias. They also include the feeling among the political elite that Trump wasn't actually a serious candidate and that there wasn't any chance of him possibly winning this election. Well, I do know for certain that apparently Trump, <laughs> I, I like you, we didn't hear much about him, but apparently he had been trying to run for president several times before he got elected. That's what I've heard. Have you heard that before? I had heard that people were trying to float him as a potential candidate for both parties for years before Obama took office. Yeah, so. he he was very big into the Democratic Party. And then it's like Obama got in there and then all of a sudden he like I created the birther goddamn conspiracy and he was just started going nuts. I don't know. He did a full Rudy Giuliani. Apparently, I don't know. Yeah, it's almost like he saw a hole open up for him, like he's a running back, and he saw this hole open up, and he just took <laughs> off for the races. Can Obama, you... uh, the anti-Obama sentiment kind of really gave him a clear-cut path to, you know, thinking that he could take this. Maybe that's why he hates Joe Biden so much, because obviously Biden was Obama's VP, and something about Obama Trump did not like. Yeah, it's well, I mean, I think it really was. He saw how people really didn't like him and he saw how he could float, you know, his his own popularity mixed with anti Obama sentiment kind of to, you know, get himself in there. So Yeah, I just keep envisioning that fat boy running, trying to be a running back now. <laughs> maybe a fullback yeah so definitely there was media bias the problem was it was media bias against anyone who was running against trump because i think i remember they were talking about after the election basically the major news networks were giving him billions of dollars of free time on their tele on their their programs just they would talk about him nonstop. They're supposed to be fair and balanced and equal in time, but they were talking about him for 24 hours straight. I mean, we can uh, we can consider him to like, let's say, Lindsay Lohan or Miley Cyrus. People like to watch disasters. I, I definitely don't, you know, like sometimes infamy gets you more popular than being a whatever celebrity. Being a, a decent, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the the weird thing is it took a fucking once in a hundred years pandemic just to unseat him from what the news media coverage were 
just from what the news media programs were covering. But yeah. they still talk about him. Like it's like 50-50 pandemic and Trump, unless they mix it together. Yeah, I think people liked his crazy ass in the beginning, but now I think people are like, this isn't fun anymore. Yeah, you know pretty what I much. Mean? <laughs> That's how I feel personally. I'm not everybody feels that way, obviously, but I think people are like, geez, you're just kind of to the point where it's like, you, you're with the crazy person so long, you're just like, can I have five minutes of not crazy? <laughs> That's what I feel like. Could I just have that the first two dates where you weren't a complete psychopath? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. So getting into another little list of things we have, here are some common reasons put forth on why Hillary Clinton may have lost this election. Now, they are lack of support from disaffected former Bernie supporters. The feeling that Hillary really just had this in the bag and that voting wasn't important this year. This one's kind of my favorite one. Uh, it's called the, quote, shy Trump voter, unquote, <laughs> which was a Trump supporter who would not reveal under any circumstances their intentions to vote for Donald Trump to anyone, not even as an anonymous person answering some poll workers questions or a questionnaire. Mm. Lastly, voters not feeling like either candidate really deserved their vote, which is kind of how I felt. That, yeah, I was going to say, first off, a shy Trump voter, I don't even think exists anymore, number one. But no. but yeah, that was kind of my theory. Outside of number one, the Pokemon Go joke, the second thing was, is people really like Bernie and Hillary could not move that that sector of voters into her corner. I think Joe Biden has successfully done that. But um, and the other thing is, I think those disaffected voters who did not like Hillary ended up voting for a third party, which is essentially kind of like giving Trump the vote, kind of, you know. Yeah, really, in that situation, voting for a third party or not voting at all is now seen as a vote for Trump. Yeah. But as far as the shy Trump voter theory goes, yeah, you're right. Since he won, there really isn't any shy Trump voters. They all just talk as, you know, a lot of them, maybe there are some people who I really, I'm besides this podcast, I'm not a huge, you know, I don't really like to talk about like who I'm going to vote for. I just say like, if, if it's, a you know, something I hate or something I don't like about something for either party, I'll say it as much as I want. But there are a lot of people out there still who kind of have that old school feeling of they really don't talk about politics. Like, don't talk about politics or religion at the dinner table type situation. Honestly, I I don't want to either because it's just annoying. And for some reason, people just get up in arms. You know, it's instantly defense mode. It's never just like talking about it anymore. Like that sediment has died off in America. Uh, I'm assuming in the rest of the world, too. But it's just people can't talk casually about it. Have like a, I guess, civil argument about it just doesn't happen so let's just not even talk about it yeah it's just like it's just like debating religion with someone oh. neither of you are going to change their mind and you're both just going to leave that conversation pissed off yeah so. oh my god exactly exactly that's why my you know generally if someone starts going off about god or whatever i'm just like he's just mystical isn't he and then i walk away yeah exactly just placate him <laughs> it's the ultimate diffuser just placate him subtly you know troll him and get out of there. Or, you know, if you are going to the polls to vote today, 
the best thing to do whenever you see those political activists out there trying to flag you down while you're walking in, just fucking zoom right past of them. Most of them are on fucking those little rascal scooters anyway, and they can't catch up with you. So <laughs> I told you, all right. I talked about it on our uh, Between the Bumbles live last night. I was like, <laughs> they came to the door the other day and we, they can see we're in the house. We just didn't even <laughs> answer. <laughs> just wave at yeah. them. Like, oh, go away. I do. Shoo. <laughs> and that's not even their fault. That is the Jehovah's Witness and Mormon's fault that we do not answer the door anymore. Oh, yeah. Well, with Jehovah's Witness and Mormons, I always I open the door, but I go out onto my little balcony or patio and I uh, I love to just fucking uh, tell them why they should be an atheist and why they should give up on religion. They always <laughs> leave feeling like shit. It's great. <laughs> So the 2016 election wasn't exactly the first time that the pollsters had the outcome of the election completely wrong. In 1948, sitting president Harry S. Truman, who had become the president after the death of FDR, was in danger of being left off the Democratic ticket in 1948, with the party splitting in direction over labor issues and civil rights. Not to mention that the party never really liked Truman. If FDR had not died in office, Truman most likely would have never been propelled to the national stage on his own. I mean, he does look like a, you know, he looks like the bad guy from a Call of Duty game that's about ready to launch nuclear weapons all over the uh, world. Oh, yeah. I, every time I look at him, I think of like kind of those comedy movies where they always swerve you. It's like, oh, the bad guy is the person you never really expected. Yeah. Like they're like they're the ones actually taking the money. Uh, <laughs> Like if you've ever seen, there's that uh, Kevin Kevin James movie where he has to become a UFC fighter, and you never see it come in that the vice president of the or the vice principal of the school is actually taking the money. Sorry for the spoiler, ah. but he kind of looks like that guy a little bit. <laughs> I've never like a, seen like that. a shade like a shady administrator. That's what he looks like. Yeah, yes, he does. So actually, I was going to ask, do you know what the S in Harry S. Truman stands for? Ah, uh, serpent. No, it actually stands <laughs> for nothing. It's, oh, really? It's pretty, Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I, I found that out. Well, I think I might have known it before, but everyone always asked him what the S stands for because they kind of wanted to get more like in depth with them, like figure something out about him. He was always just like, oh, it means nothing. It's just uh, makes Harry you sound S. Truman. Fancy. Makes you sound fancy. Yeah, well, if I mean, we'll go into a few more people in a little bit, but everyone had one of those names where it was their first name, a middle initial and their last name. Gotcha. Kind of done to fit in a little bit, make mm. you sound a little fancier. <laughs> so after Truman won the Democratic Party's nomination, both wings of the party split off and formed their own tickets. This was with Strom Thurmond and Fielding L. Wright forming the Dixiecrats, which opposed Truman's civil rights agenda, including desegregating the military and also some other things that he wanted to do in the future. They would form a third party officially known as the States Rights Democratic Party. Now, this third party knew that they would not be able to win, but were hoping for a split decision in the election that would force the matter to be settled by Congress. There, they were hoping to force either the Democrats or the Republicans to make concessions on racial segregation for their support by way of their own congressional votes in the contested election in Congress. Oh man, this was a uh, this is a wild time that has a big impact on current history, doesn't it? Yeah, pretty much. It's just 
I mean, it's, it's, there's the same kind of shit happening now. We're going to talk about people not being allowed to vote in the deep South and it's basically the same thing. So you can see like the pictures, it's the same thing as it's happening now. Right. With, you know, trying to, trying to get rid of places to go to the polls, trying to scare people away from going to the polls. It's the same exact shit that's happening now. Oh, our boy, uh, Barry Satiro, he posted a thing. I don't know if you saw this today. It has the numbers in every single state that if you see anybody doing this to call and it's supposed to like clear them out of there. Oh, really? No, yeah. I hadn't seen that. Uh, so Barry did a good thing today. So congratulations. We're not going to forgive all your past transgressions of like time traveling and stuff, but this good job, Barry. This may be his actual decent alter ego, <laughs> Barack Obama, and not the actual uh, Lord of the Underworld, Barry Sekiro. So. Now, because of the worry of anti-segregation laws, four states, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, and South Carolina, put Strom Thurmond down as the main Democrat on their ballots. And in Alabama, Truman was taken off completely from their ballots. Now, if you look up a picture of Strom Thurmond at the time, he does have this weird look to him. He kind of looks like your friend's weird dad who calls the bathroom his office. That's what <laughs> I kind of like to, I look at all, I've looked at all these pictures in the past couple of days and I've gotten kind of some thoughts about them. So is Strom Thurmond the one who holds the record for longest, um, the hell do they call that? Why can't I think of it Re now? Representative. No, were you, um, oh, filibuster, filibuster, yeah, 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 I believe he does because he went for like a day straight or something. Yeah, he just talked, he yeah. fucking talked forever. Even he was also one of the, I think he had like one of the longest times in Congress, too. He died, he pretty much was in Congress all the way up until he died, and he lived a very long time. Well, he's clearly an asshole, so. <laughs> Yeah, considering his fucking all of the horrible fucking all of his fucking horrible ideas about what he wanted for the South. So, yeah. So on the opposite wing of the party, Henry A. Wallace and Glenn H. Taylor formed the Progressive Party. They opposed Truman's handling of the situation with the Soviet Union post-World War II, which really led to the beginning of the Cold War. A lot of people don't really realize this, but... FDR, if he would have lived, probably would have brought the Soviet Union in and made ties closer. He had a really good relationship with Stalin. Uh, well, not really good, but it was much better, much better than Truman had. Truman really just left them out in the cold. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, do you really think FDR would have? I mean, Stalin was exceedingly paranoid. So, you know, when you're in that mindset, you're favor you know how you get along with people can change very quick yeah that is true i mean it wouldn't have it probably would have been bad but not as bad right right so uh there was actually a lot of the generals telling truman like now that we've got hitler taken care of let's just go all the way to moscow let's just Ooh. fucking take him out Oof, no yeah they also there were some of those generals during the korea crisis before the Korean War, there was um, the North Korea, South Korea situation. And when the Chinese actually came and invaded North Korea, when the Americans had the North Vietnamese or North Koreans all the way to the border, 
there were some generals, I believe it was Truman. There were some generals who wanted Truman to use nukes on like many Chinese cities. So he was getting some pretty bad advice from his generals. Jeez. I mean, just you, he did drop two nukes technically. Right. But, uh, I'm sure, I don't know. I don't know how, I mean, he looks like a bad guy. I can't imagine he felt great about doing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the time we had, we didn't actually know. Well, I think the scientists knew, but the generals, and I don't think Truman actually knew like the effects of radiation and like Mm. what that would cause for the people who survived and like the destruction it would have on the cities. Right. But, right. But I mean, the, at the fact they wanted to drop, I think it was about 50 nukes on major Chinese cities, like populated with like tons of fucking people is just crazy. Uh, yeah, that is absolutely insane. Jesus. Yeah. So about Henry A. Wallace and Glenn H. Taylor, uh, if you look up their pictures online, both of those men, they kind of look like board members of corporations from those really bad 80s movies. <laughs> That's kind of the gist of it. I think actually Glenn H. Taylor was a former actor and he kind of looks like it. He probably is. Under his bio, it says like senator, businessman, and entertainer. So I imagine <laughs> it's either singer or actor, probably magician. I mean, I'm sure technically, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I just listened to the Kurt Angle episode of Crime and Sports. Yes. Technically, he's considered now his little Wikipedia says American actor. So I guess you can be anything you want to be. Well, he was in a sh- if. If the crime and sports with Kurt Angle was fucking amazing. It turns I've never seen these movies or didn't even know he was in those horrible fucking movies. But it's just like everybody knows him for other things. Why is it all of a sudden now he's just, no, I'm an actor. Like, come on. Yeah. Well, technically pro wrestling is kind of like acting, but. I suppose. Just like a stuntman. So because of the massive amount of opposition from Truman's own party, the Republican nominee, Thomas Dewey ran a what you could really you could consider a light campaign against the incumbent thinking that uh, him and his party were going to easily unseat the massively unpopular president uh, this was because of all the opposition that he really faced within his own party and they didn't quite think that he was as popular with the normal everyday folk as it turned out he would be mm-hmm. now like in the case of 2016 All of the political experts were very, very wrong, predicting an easy win, of course, for Dewey. They did that without doing very much asking of the people that were actually meant to elect him into office, often making baseless assumptions on the perceived weakness of President Truman's position in the nation and within his own party. Now, of the polls that were actually taken, there was, in fact, a massive error that was made to confirm what the experts had theorized. Many of the pollsters used the telephone to ask likely voters what their intentions would be on election day. Now, can you think of any problems of using a phone poll in 1948? Well, I would assume that most of the people who are home were hopped up on legal methamphetamines at the time. Quaaludes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Quaaludes and gin. Just like James Bond. Actually, Sean Connery died today. So, Oh, Just yeah. Found that out. You know what? Um, we loved your acting. Maybe not your attitude towards hitting women, but uh, we loved your <laughs> <laughs> we loved your acting. Yeah, he was great in The Rock. It was a great <laughs> movie. Now, actually, one of the big problems is people 
1948, not a lot of people had telephones in their homes. And if they did, they were probably in the middle class or higher. So that's one of the big problems is poor people have the right to vote. Poor people probably didn't have telephones. So you're not getting any kind of, you know, message from the poor people. It's supposed to be very random, you know, go across all classes, all races, all likely voters. So, right. And I've never really trusted the phone thing anyway, because people are so annoyed of being bugged by random people calling them anyway. How how can you really trust anybody on their answer? Yeah. Anyone who has ever done telemarketing will know only old people answer the phone. Yeah, uh, I did it for a while. I actually had to do a political ad one for the company. People do not like that. No, they do not like it at all, except for you know, people who are kind of maybe a little shut in yeah. and don't have anyone to talk to. So. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, I also had to do one of those too. It was fucking terrible. <laughs> a lot of angry people. So as you can imagine, this was not the case of the polls being correct. It was actually the opposite. Truman's support was vastly underestimated, especially among the common voter. And he won 303 electoral votes also winning 49% of the popular vote, which was enough. You know, it was, wasn't was 50%, but it was more than anyone else got. Right. Now, of the states that had Thurman as the main Democrat, Strom Thurmond would win all of their electoral votes, which were 38. He also won another faithless elector from Tennessee, bringing his total to 39. Now, had the Dixiecrats not split, Truman's electoral win most likely would have been massively bigger, uh, probably about at most 342 electoral votes had he actually been the main Democrat on those tickets. Now, the was the opposite party, um, the I guess, guess the Republican Party, were they more pro-segregation still at the time? No. So Democrat, okay, so this is actually during the time of the split. Yeah. This is when... The Democrats were still, their base was still in the South, but they were bleeding up into the North. And this was changing how the Democratic Party was voting on things, how, what they were saying. They were starting to get a lot of the labor movement and a lot of the anti-segregation people into their party. It was becoming a bigger tent. Mm. Republicans were starting to lose those people in their tent. So they actually would eventually move down into the South. And yeah. take up what they what the Democrats had lost. Yeah. So I, it was a total switch in 20 years. Well, yeah. I mean, most of us think about, I mean, I'm assuming most people think the kind of like final nail in the coffin was um, LBJ, you know, where the Dixiecrats kind of merged with the Republican Party then or whatever. And uh, uh, but apparently I didn't know it started off with Truman. Yeah, so Truman um, integrating the military and a lot of what Truman was saying at the time, some of the things that were coming from the Labor Party, the more progressive wing of the Democratic Party, becoming like front and center was actually kind of like the first nail in the coffin of this major switch. Gotcha. Gotcha. Very interesting. Yeah. And this, of course, is where the famous picture of Truman holding up, obviously, tomorrow's newspaper and that had the very inaccurate headline of Dewey defeats Truman. <laughs> and if you've ever, you've probably seen this picture in history yeah. class. Well, I mean, I know he wasn't smiling, I'm sure. But um, this just reminds me of where you can like, <laughs> when the Super Bowl is going on, you can like buy the losing team's 
Super Bowl champion shirt or shirt. That's great. Yeah, or they they send them to places where you, I guess they like donate all those clothes to the countries in need. Mm. So you'll see. Uh, the funny thing is when they go to some of these countries and shoot video, you'll see some people with like the Super Bowl XX whatever, and then it's like the loser of that Super Bowl as the champion. Don't worry, guys. Um, technically, the 49ers did win the Super Bowl in, I, I don't know, Africa or wherever they get the shirts <laughs> at. So there's that. <laughs> there's that. There's always those believers. <laughs> so I'm going to kind of move into the third segment of this podcast episode. And we're going to talk about one election that was extremely close and may have also had some conspiracy theories behind it. Okay, let's do it. Now, the 1960 election was a face-off between the previous administration's vice president, Richard Milhouse Nixon. I love that middle name. Yeah, definitely. Versus the Democrat nominee, John F. Kennedy. And, like I mentioned before, was an extremely tight race all the way down to the wire. It's even thought that Nixon would have won the election had it not been for a historically bad showing in the first ever televised debate between the two men, which famously saw a tired and sweaty-looking Richard Nixon face off against the handsome and youthful JFK. Yeah, that fucking upper lip sweat, man. That's Nixon's calling card, isn't it? Yeah, that's his killer. So I've actually seen a documentary about before that debate took place, and it looked as if JFK was going to go on set without any makeup. So then, of course, Nixon, not wanting to look like a girly man, (laughs) also said, no, no, I'm not going to do any makeup at all. So once that happened, JFK and his team went back into their dressing room and he had like, I guess, two or three makeup people throw his makeup on quick. Uh, Apparently, Richard Nixon was just kind of sitting around, didn't really, you know, he barely shaved. He maybe shaved that morning, but he wasn't freshly shaved and looked all sweaty and wasn't camera ready. And then JFK comes out looking like a fucking, you know, looking 10 years younger. Hell yeah. That's that Catholic youth, man. Let's do it. (laughs) No, but um, also Nixon, you know, uh, was kind of riding the coattails of uh, old Ikey boy, right? Yes, yes, he was, definitely. And Eisenhower did not actually want to come out in support of Nixon until they realized how much ground JFK had made up up until the end of the election. He really didn't support him outright until maybe the last couple of weeks before the election. Ouch. Well, I I mean, we know now Ike and uh, Nixon are drastically different types of presidents. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I was also going to say, too, before this debate, I don't it's really thought that Nixon didn't realize how important this televised debate was going to be. JFK did. JFK actually took off the few days before this debate to kind of prep himself to get ready. He rests like get some rest and relaxation. Nixon actually did like this huge speaking tour. I think it even took him to Hawaii where he was giving speeches. Wow. And by the time he got back, he was dog fucking tired. (sighs) So JFK probably was just celibate for two days, which is unheard of. And Nixon's out here, you know, wearing himself down. 
Oh yeah. JFK being celibate for two days, his dick was probably thinking it was brand new again. <laughs> Didn't know what was going on. You know, those Catholic brainwashing in his head was like, man, I have to get, I have to get a, someone pregnant. God damn it. God's I got to gotta put, I got to put this into somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, JFK, you have to keep calm. You have to be relaxed. Find Zen. You're just like a prize fighter. You got to hold it in. Just hold it in. (laughs) (laughs) So of the people polled who actually listened to the debate on the radio, in their minds, Nixon was the clear-cut winner. And this was in many of their opinions. However, this went up against the people who had watched the debate on television, who obviously went the completely opposite way and thought that JFK whooped them. Hmm. This did have a big influence on the election, though there is a conspiracy theory that implies that perhaps Nixon should have actually won this election. And it was much like the 2000 election. It really came down to one hotly contested state and the Electoral College. Really? I I don't remember being this close. Yeah. Oh, the 1960 election was extremely razor, razor thin. Hmm. Now, JFK won the Electoral College with 303 electors to Nixon's 219. Now, that doesn't sound very close at all. The problem is he won the popular vote by only 118,574 votes. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. The victory was 49.7% going to JFK, and Nixon got 49.6. So that's about as razor close as you can get. Yeah, that's unheard of. Definitely. The first, it's 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 pretty much like the 2000 election, how razor thin that margin was. Right, right. The dispute firstly came in Illinois, where Kennedy supporter and Chicago mayor Richard Daley had a ton of control over that county's election. Now, to Nixon and his team, the returns from Chicago didn't quite seem right, and they believed that through Daley, the Kennedy machine had stolen the election away from him. Now, in Illinois, Kennedy only won that state by 8,800 votes. Wow. Well, I mean, I'm starting to wonder, you know, I'm not saying that he cheated or anything, obviously, but if you think about Kennedy's in there, they kind of had ties to uh, uh, some shady Organized crime. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) we know uh, Chicago was kind of a hotbed. Yeah, we can talk about that now a little bit. Okay. We'll leave it off the bottom. But yeah, so really JFK's dad, Jack, uh, was pretty well known. He was he was part of the political machine, but he was also kind of thought to be in league with organized crime. And there is a conspiracy out there that possibly, we talked about it before, possibly Kennedy may have been taken out by criminals, like the organized crime syndicates, because he was not doing what they wanted and because of how bad RFK was going after them. Hey, I wanted to ask you, actually. So a few days ago, I posted that picture of that crazy person who's like writing in his journal. He's like, I'm writing all this stuff to cause harm to Biden. Was Who was the crazy guy? Was that the crazy guy who did that to RFK or was that the crazy guy who did that to Reagan? Um, There was, so Sirhan Sirhan is RFK. And it's believed that he's a Manchurian candidate. The crazy guy was the one who was doing it for, I forgot what her name is. Uh, It was a really, she's a, she was a really popular actress at the time. And I think he's the one who thought that he was doing it for her. 
No, no, I'm saying one of the assassins or attempted assassins, when they went to his house, like his whole house was filled with like that person's name scribbled everywhere. Oh, I'm not exactly sure. I I almost think that was the guy who tried to shoot Reagan. They went into his apartment and like he had written Reagan everywhere and there's like newspapers of him everywhere. I almost think it was. Yeah, that sounds like a like a little bit of a mental health issue. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, I'm not I, I get a lot of those uh the assassins. There were so many fucking assassinations back then. You get kind of like the the people who they kill or the people who killed the or attempted to assassinate it's good that their names don't get remembered because they don't deserve that shit. But no. you always remember the, the names of the people who get assassinated. Right, right. So secondly, there was another state that was also kind of under consideration for possibly have been stolen from Nixon. Now, Kennedy's vice presidential candidate, his home state was in Texas. That was, of course, Lyndon Baines Johnson. Now, Texas was only one for JFK by about 46,000 votes. LBJ was known in the past for political strong arming. Also, he was known for questionable elections. Though 46,000 fraudulent votes would be very hard to swing without getting caught. So it's kind of hard to believe that he got all of those votes. But I mean, it is possible. That's part of like the conspiracy of it. There was another big issue though, like we mentioned before, in the Deep South, there was a lot of voter intimidation by the old Dixiecrat. Democratic Party of African-American voters in the tightly contested elections uh, with their support against the old Southern Democratic Party. It may have changed the electoral map. It pro- I probably did. And I've definitely heard of this happening before. Oh, yeah. A lot of those a lot of those states down south, they weren't worth a lot. But I mean, if you get enough of those strung together, you know, you could change the whole fucking game. I mean, if you think about it now, I, I mean, I don't know what it was, but at this point, what the uh, African American population in America is thirteen percent, I believe now. So, I mean, that's a good chunk of the country. You know, that can sway votes. Yeah. Oh, and there is some pretty high concentrations in those deep South states too, which really could have swung their elections. Right. Now, Illinois by itself would not have been able to swing the election. They would have needed to get Texas also. This would have given Nixon barely enough electoral votes to win. So the FBI at the time, obviously Nixon had you know access to the FBI. He had knowledge of wiretaps on Chicago Mayor Richard Daley's phones. Uh, the FBI was almost certain that he and his men had had something to do with, with swinging the Chicago vote Kennedy's way. Basically... Even though Nixon thoroughly believed that he was cheated out of the presidency, he did not contest the election and opted out of really taking it to the courts or taking it to Congress, contesting this election. He would also opt out of the public arena for a short period of time until joining national politics once again for the 1968 presidential run. And this saw him win over uh, Hubert H. Humphrey uh, of Metrodome fame. Yeah, Lyndon Johnson chose not to run for a second term. I was going to say, I think that's all Minnesota had was old Herbert, Herbert, Herbert Humphrey. Um, old, old Triple H, yeah. Uh, well, they also had Walter Mondale, but they needed a second Metrodome. We need to get, okay, this is a wild claim, but uh, Jordan thinks that Governor Walls in Minnesota is going to be eventually 
a Democratic presidential candidate. Like, he just has that uh, personality, I guess. So that'll be interesting. Maybe, I don't know if anybody else from Minnesota has ever been elected president, but maybe he can be the first, if not. Possibly. That's um, a, I do believe there is... I know that uh, the two people to have run for president was obviously Hubert Humphrey and Walter Mondale. Um, I'm not sure. I would have to look it up again at where the presidents come from. I know that west of the Mississippi River, there is not a lot of American presidents. There's Truman, there's Nixon, and there's like Herbert Hoover. And that's really, it's really it. There's not a ton. Yeah, it's it's. Oh, besides the Texas people, so. But anyway, um, back to what you were saying here. Yeah, it's why well, did I wonder why LBJ didn't want to do a second term? Just didn't didn't want it. I think it had to do with Vietnam. Gotcha. And we were kind of going in a direction. I I think he just wanted to get out of politics too. I think he. I'm not really exactly sure. I know that after he was president, he kind of secluded himself, not really becoming a shut in, but he really didn't give a lot of public speeches after that. He kind of let himself go, uh, started drinking a lot, eating a lot. So, I mean, it's kind of ironic and I believe you're going to talk about it is if Kennedy cheated in this election and obviously Nixon was the victim of that, what Nixon would do in the future. Yeah, that is actually, (laughs) that's actually what I'm about to go into. So the election against Hubert Humphrey, a really quick, Nixon won 301 to 191. So it was a clean victory. He yeah, got it. Yeah, uh, I, I remember this. For some reason, I always remember this from our high school history class. We had the book and every single presidential race, they had like the map of the states they won and everything. And I remember this Nixon one. It was just the whole thing. Solid. Co- yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's just like that uh, for Ronald Reagan. It's solid except for Minnesota. And then they have a little dot for D.C. Right. Saying that three electoral votes went to um, Walter Mondale. So, yeah, um, really, <laughs> you knew I was going to talk about this because that's obvious I brought it up. This <laughs> did actually change Nixon's views on how he handled politics in the future. He would vow to never again allow his political opponents to cheat him out of anything. This would lead to what Nixon is most known for, and that is Watergate. Oh, yeah. Now, during that election, Nixon's operatives were caught breaking into and spying on the office of the Democratic Party in the Watergate Hotel. And this would lead to his eventual presidential downfall. Now, the funny thing is, Nixon didn't really need to cheat to win that election at all. He handedly won that election 520 electoral college votes to 17. And that was against George McGovern. Okay. All right. Maybe that's the one I was thinking of where he had the whole goddamn United States covered. Yeah, it is. If you look at that electoral college map, it is pretty solid for, I think it's in red usually, obviously for Republicans. It's pretty solid for Nixon. And then there's just a couple of states that are going to George McGovern. Right. Yeah. So, uh, uh, old Nixon, although we know now he wasn't a, uh, exactly what we would call a good fellow at all. No. Well, I mean, in the whole, <laughs> in the whole, what do you call that? The, from the movie for organized crime, maybe he's a good fella, but not, he's not a good fellow. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, this was great. So what, so, okay. Over our presidential history, we've had about what, since you mentioned like 
four or five times. About like, the contested elections? Or? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, um, yeah, we've had, there were a couple in the 1800s. Uh, I would say we've had, I think it's about, yeah, about four or five. I mentioned before elections that kind of were maybe thought to be stolen or so close that either it was a toss up and a candidate could win. Normally it's a pretty clear cut win. Normally it's somewhere, you know, between 290 and 310 electoral colleges to win it. So it only takes like 270 to win, but normally it's a pretty decent margin the way that it all shakes out in the end. I feel like this is my personal stance for this year is that I believe 2020's election is going to see the most voter turnout that we have ever seen in the country. That's my personal feeling. How are you feeling? Oh, yeah. I mean, just with the fucking votes taken from the early voting and the mail-in, we haven't even had the people show up to the polls on Election Day yet. So I'm going to be curious what that looks like on on Election Day because the voting things like literally – I don't know what, 50, uh, feet from my house. So <laughs> I can see oh. who all goes in and out of there. You're, you're gonna, you'll fucking smell the smell before you see anything. So yeah, <laughs> fucking. I, I think what we learned today is we need to get rid of the electrical electoral college, move to a popular, what is it? Tiered voting system. I think that's what the U S needs myself personally. You've seen that, haven't you? Oh yeah. With the popular choice where you vote for. Like, one candidate and then a, a secondary candidate too. Yeah, you yeah you like rank them and then your vote goes to like your second person and stuff like that. I think that'd be great, but uh, I don't know. It's gonna be an interesting day when this drops. Um, if some people listen to it really early, you know they won't know what happened. If people listen to it after the election, then maybe you and I sound like idiots. I don't know. Yeah, uh, who knows? I mean, it could go at. I mean, it's fucking October thirty first right now. It could go fucking anyway. But I really think that in the future, what I would like to see is just online voting. I think in maybe 20 years, it's just going to be something where whatever device that we have on election day, everyone gets a little notification on their phone and it just has you run through everything. And you can do it like anytime during that day. Yeah, your your iPhone that you stick up your sphincter, you can just think (laughs) about it and it'll vote for you. It'll vote for whoever you want while you're taking a dump. That's probably what's going to happen in the future. The problem is that fucking thing, once it once it gets like wrapped up in your fucking brain, then it's just going to be political ads nonstop. <laughs> and you know they're not going to give you any warning. You're going to be driving down the road. Then that shit's just going to fucking seizure you out. We just need to get to the point where we can upload our consciousness onto an electronic device. That's what we need to do. Just live forever Hell in the yeah. fucking virtual world. Like yeah. that one TV show. I can't remember what the name of it is. Goddamn Tron. <laughs> no, where he they have... You put like the little memory slip in their neck and you get like a new body. And if you die, you can like keep putting that in new things. Oh, there was um, carbon altered carbon. That's what it was. OK, yeah, I'm thinking of a, a Amazon Prime show, but yeah. All right. Well, we've been going for a while here, Phil. Excellent episode is very timely. Obviously, that's why you're doing this was completely Phil's idea, by the way, of dropping this on election night, which was brilliant <laughs> when he brought it up. Honestly, it was. And we're going to be on our ne- normal Friday episode. We're going to be dropping just a uh, probably a, a banter. Yeah, banter, light news Talk about some uh, weird shit in the world or something like that. I don't know. Whatever comes to mind, that's what we're going to do. But Phil, why don't you go ahead and uh, give everybody the outro speech? 
All right. So thank you everyone for listening to us. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can hit us up on our email, subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're also on Instagram. Uh, Subliminal Deception Podcast is on IG. Probably one of the better ways to get a hold of us. Uh, we're either of us are both uh, always on, kind of checking out for messages. You can also visit our new website. It's uh, www.subliminaldeception.com. There you're going to find a few different things. You'll find a link to where you can fill out a little form and get a hold of us uh, in the the new way, I suppose. Yep. Not just using our email. Uh, you'll also find our Patreon launch on there also to become a Patreon of the show. Yeah, if you like us, uh, if you like the show, you want to keep it going, you want to support us, help us get some more merch out there. Yeah, just uh, even $2, you know, $2, you get premium content, nice videos of our banter shows. It's excellent. Yeah. Also, if you guys want to get a hold of us individually, uh, we both have our own Instagram accounts. Mine is sdpodphil. I hardly ever use it. And I'm sorry if you've messaged me and I haven't gotten to it. Uh, Cody, you've got one? Yeah, you can follow my personal uh, Instagram at Cody Zabub. The last thing we need you to do, if you are an iTunes user, please log on to your iTunes review section of Subliminal Deception and leave the show a five-star review. Preferably written, it doesn't really matter what you say, helps the show grow. If you're a Spotify user, all you have to do is you hit that follow button. Well, Phil, uh, I really enjoyed this episode. It's going to be an interesting week in America. And we can't wait for it to happen. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys.